Do you own a beauty business or skin salon? If you do, then the chances that you've looked into an LED device or any device for that matter are high. Even in the most hands-on facials, LED is a perfect way to improve collagen and elastin production, reduce overproduction of acne-causing bacteria, and reduce inflammation and redness in the skin. This is why in my second business, The Facial Bar, I have the RejuView device from SkinMed. RejuView has the highest energy output of their devices while still having easy movability to treat in seated or lying positions. It has one treatment head, but can provide blue, red, and green light, and also healing infrared treatments, and it's TGA approved. SkinMed has been a trusted name in the aesthetic industry for the past 10 years and offer a range of other devices as well, such as Hydrofacial, Meso Skin, and their newly launched Transcend Broadband Light BBR device. To find out more about RejuView and how it compares to other devices on the market, send me a message on Instagram at SkinQueen with the word SkinMed and I'll send you over their LED device summary. Thank you to SkinMed for being a sponsor of the show. Welcome to the Beauty, Business and Beyond podcast. I'm your host, Kelly, otherwise known as SkinQueen. I'm a skin therapist turned clinical educator turn multiple six-figure online business owner. I used to think that owning a business meant that you'd have a product or service, a website and an Instagram and just wait for the masses to flock. But little did I know. It wasn't until I started working with coaches and mentors that I learned there is so much more to it. On this podcast, you can expect to learn about mindset, marketing, strategies, and other fundamental business lessons that have helped me to generate over $500,000 of revenue in less than two years. Are you in my Facebook group? Every single day, I post in there sharing even more gold nuggets of information to help you grow your business. To find it, search Beauty Business and Beyond on Facebook or head to the link in my show notes to get a direct link. I'm back in my freestyle podcasting era and I'm here for it. For a long time, I was very calculated with what I was talking about, which worked for a little bit, but now I'm just intuitively going with what conversations I've been having recently. And one of these I posted on my Instagram and it popped off and I wanted to dive a little bit deeper into it today and share with you why that actually inspired me to post it in the first time. And you may have seen it a couple of weeks ago. I did a post saying, here's why passive income isn't actually passive and other reasons why you are feeling entitled. And honestly, that has come from a couple of different places. So I do some one-on-one coaching and one of my clients is a beauty business owner and she was just saying, it's so hard having a business, isn't it? And she started her business a couple of months earlier than me. And I was saying, well, it is, but I guess you've got to choose your hard. And she was like, it never used to be this hard. And I thought that was a pretty entitled comment. And then I had another one-on-one client who she recently did a launch of something and she was telling me that she was disappointed with the results. And then that same client, I actually met her in a Facebook group. And in that Facebook group, I saw somebody post, 
I launched my course in March this year. And since then, I've only had four course sales and I'm feeling pretty disappointed by it all and feeling like this is all just, you know, a crock of shit and I'm really pissed off by it all. And I thought, gosh, since when did people think that having a business was going to be easier than being an employee? And it got me thinking about my own employees. And I think this can be for everybody in general. My own employees, amazing, love them. But sometimes I get the vibe that they think I've got an endless pit of money. (laughs) And additionally too, they're like, well, what else can you do to develop me? And I think then sometimes what happens, and I definitely experience this as a therapist, so I'm kind of speaking from my own experience here, is when my employer wasn't willing to invest in training for me anymore, I was like, well, I don't want to work for you anymore. I can go and do this myself. And I went and did it by myself. And since then, I've invested probably close to $150,000 in training and education. I've had to hustle. I've had a lot of times where I haven't been paid. Even today, it's one o'clock on a Sunday and I'm working And after this, I'm going to go through my 93 emails and I've got a meeting tonight just because this person is overseas and it's the best time we could work it out. And obviously I'm not getting paid for this, but in the long run, it's going to help make money. But there's a lot of entitlement and through analyzing all of this, I think in the past few years since COVID, there's been a lot of people who have gone out on their own and worked for themselves because so many people online have glamorized how amazing it is to work for yourself and you can make heaps of money and you get to do your own schedule and do life the way you want. And if you want to go work at a coffee shop at 10 o'clock on a Tuesday, you can do that. And, you know, there is definitely perks to it. Don't get me wrong, but I think we've maybe pushed the envelope a little bit too far. And I was talking to this with one of my business friends, shout out to Jamie, And she was saying that she was listening to a podcast of another business owner where she was sharing what she did in the early days to help build her brand, help build her followers, help build her visibility. And she was like, I didn't realize how much work it had taken. And she's like, now I'm feeling a bit entitled because I've been expecting all of these amazing results and things to happen when I haven't even scratched the top of what she's done with her list. And it got me reflecting on everything that I did in my early days to help grow Skin Queen, but also what I'm doing in the early days to help grow the facial bar. And I thought I may as well just share that because I might want to come back to this and listen to this eventually and be like, wow, look how far I've come. But also it might inspire somebody else who is just starting out in business or is thinking about taking the leap and going full-time in their business. So All right, let's start. So obviously, it's funny, my sister pointed this out to me the other day. Before I went to Queenstown, I was just saying, I'm so tired, I'm so overwhelmed. She's like, well, you're the one who preaches online that you live this flexible freedom lifestyle. Why don't you do that more? And at the time, I just felt like I couldn't. (laughs) Sometimes we get into the habit of working when we don't need to work and putting this pressure on ourselves unnecessarily. It is what it is. But also too, the reality is I do actually work hard. And if I've portrayed online that I don't and I've made it look easy, then one, I've done my job right. But two, I'm, you know, I think sometimes when people do it, it can be a bit gaslighty. (laughs) And I'm not saying I've been gaslighty because there have been periods in my business where 
I've woken up at eight o'clock. I've gone to Pilates. I've come home. I've made lunch. I've watched Netflix on the couch all day and I've still made money. But that's because I've put in the hard yards before and I'm able to do that. And I know there's a lot of anti-hustle culture online, but I still am a firm believer that you have to hustle for visibility in 2023. And you have to hustle to grow your audience. And it's a different sort of hustle. It's not like, you know, you're awake from five in the morning till 10 at night, working your ass off, unpaid, no sleep for the week, only eating protein, working on your mindset, going to the gym, that sort of hustle, like yuck. But I do feel you like you have to intentionally work to increase your visibility as a business owner, whether you're a digital business owner, whether you're a physical business owner. So in the early days of Skin Queen, I want to share what I did to help grow my audience. And a lot of these things I'm going back to doing again because I've definitely plateaued and that's okay. Really excited to go back and do some of these things again. So I used to do a lot of Instagram lives and talk on my stories a lot, which was uncomfortable at the beginning, but now it's just become something that I do naturally. I spent a lot of time networking in real life at events. I would go to a lot of industry events and I would definitely network and make sure that I would be interacting with people. And additionally with that too, I was beginning to build a little bit of an audience on my socials too. Shout out to Charmaine and Helena. (laughs) I think you ladies were like my OGs. And in the early days, I fostered a lot of genuine relationships with my audience via DMs as well. I felt like these ladies were like my go-to. Whenever I'd see a funny meme, I would share it with them. Whenever I was thinking of of a funny post, I'd be like, what do you think of this? You reckon this is funny? Like it wasn't it from any marketing tactic. I, I guess that's just me as a person. Like I just genuinely began to create these relationships and friendships with people and it worked really well because people began to know me and be like, oh my gosh, you'll love Kelly or send me things and be like, oh my God, this is so you. And that's important to me because that's how you build a community. I would also promote myself shamelessly in Facebook groups. If I saw somebody being like, I'm struggling to grow my clients or, you know, what are you, where is the best place to learn about acne or you know, what tools do you use in the consult room or how do you sell? Who's helped you to with selling training in the treatment room? I would shamelessly be like, I've got a course on that. I've created a post on that. I've created a podcast episode on that. I would actually directly link my resources to be like, oh, I can help you with that. And as a result, it helped me to grow my brand awareness, which was awesome. I would pitch myself a lot for podcasts And I had lots of guests on my podcast too, which was great because then as a result, they would share that they were on my podcast, the conversation would be shared, more eyes would come onto my podcast, but also me going onto other podcasts was really great to help build my brand awareness. And a lot of people would come to me and say, oh, I found you from this person's podcast. I found you here. I found you there. So I thought that was really cool. And I learned a lot about my audience and I put myself in my audience shoes and I created content that related to them to the point where for a long time people were confused about whether I was still a hands-on therapist or if I had my own beauty salon. And I feel like even up until this year, I've still seen people debating it on Facebook groups, being like, is she even a therapist anymore? Is she even like a beauty salon owner? And people would be like, yeah, she's still a therapist. Or people would be like, no, she's not a therapist anymore, but she used to be. And people would be like, I think she owns a beauty business. And other people being like, no, but she's still building one. 
And I think that's really cool because I put myself into your shoes so much and saw the world from your eyes that I was able to create content. And I did that because when I was having genuine conversations with you guys, you would say things to me and I'd be like, oh, that's funny. I'm writing that down and I'm going to post that. For example, I'll give you a good example of this. This is stuff that I've written down from a conversation I had with somebody at Beauty Expo. They were saying that they do a lot of lash extensions and she was like, gosh, I could start a podcast with some of my clients. Some of the stuff they say, so funny. Who else feels like that? Who else feels like the conversations you have with your clients are so funny that you could put them on a podcast episode? You could call it like secrets of a lash technician. (laughs) But also somebody else said to me at Expo, oh, TikTok trends are, you know, they just affect my business so much. A lot of my clients are having a lash break at the moment because they've seen the TikTok trend. And as a result now, they're not getting their lashes done as much. And I was like, oh God, never even thought about how that can affect people's businesses. So all of these things, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to write that down and create content out of. And I've done it for years and I've just gotten to know my audience as a result of that. And when people can relate to you, that's going to strengthen relationships. I did countless of free trainings with people, like one-on-one free trainings. I would say like, hey, fill out my feedback form and to say thank you, I'm going to get like five people on a one-on-one call to do like some mentoring with. And I would just record these and I would just pick your brain. You would pick my brain. I'd be hyper aware of the questions you're asking me. And I would also be hyper aware of where you're at now, what sort of business you have, what I can do to help you. And I got to know who my people were. And, you know, those few people, I can still picture the people who got on calls with me. You are the ones that I'm serving at the end of the day. Whenever I'm creating content, whenever I'm creating programs, whenever I'm creating podcast episodes, it's for you. It's like, I'm not narcissistic. I don't do this for me. I do this because it's for you. And it's really tough to actually show up all the time. There's a lot of responsibilities that come with this. So I only do it for you. But that helps everybody because even though I'm speaking to one person, 10 other people might relate. I ran Facebook ads and over the past two and a half years, God, I saw my Meta account the other day. I've spent $60,000 on Facebook ads and not all of them have worked, (laughs) but it's all trialing and erroring. And that's what business is. It's just trialing things, seeing what works. You know, some ads I ran and it tanked. Some I've run for like two years and I'm like thinking, why did I turn these off? I need to go back and put them on again. Other things that I've done, you know, boosting posts. I feel like boosting posts have been really fun in my business. There's lots of things that I've done to get visibility. I've obviously pitched myself to speak at events, but most importantly, I've consistently showed up on social media and sold my heart out. If I don't do that, I don't make money. (laughs) And then I can't put money back into the economy with the other business owners that I go and see. And at the end of the day, it's a beautiful thing that I'm able to do. I just need to be consistent about it. So there's a lot involved, right? It's not just as simple as creating a digital product, coming up with an idea and then putting it out to the world. I've done beta testing programs. I've done pilot programs. I've played with different pricing. There's so much I've done and I've just made it look easy, guys. That's all I can say, which is so epic. (laughs) So let's talk about what I'm doing to grow the facial bar. And I wanted to talk about this too, because the other day I was speaking to a business owner and she was like struggling to attract new clients. 
and she was asking me how I'm doing it. And I was at the facial bar and I flipped over my computer screen. I said, see all these businesses over here. You know, there's two hairdressers, there's a massage parlor, there's a barber, there's nail tech. I've gone and pitched myself to them. And she was like, that seems like a lot of work. I don't think I'm interested in that. And I thought, okay, well, (laughs) I don't know what you're looking for now. (laughs) So the first thing I'm doing is posting on TikTok consistently. I'm going to do a full episode on TikTok in two eps time. Cannot wait because I freaking love TikTok. It's so much fun. I've been posting on Instagram consistently and in actual fact, I've actually taught my staff how to do that. So they do that consistently. Thank you, ladies. I've networked with local business owners, including hairdressers, nail techs, slash techs, real estate agents, and reached out to them, Pilates studios owners. And I said, hey, do you want to come in and have a free facial? And in return, I'd love to give you a heap of facial vouchers for $100 off so that your clients, friends, family, whoever you want to do can come and see me. And I found doing it with a business owner is great because these business owners love to talk, they're well-connected, and they are great communities to connect into and tap into, and it's been working so far. I've done competitions with other businesses. I actually did one with Pink Flamingo, which is a Spiegel Club and Cabaret show, and also Pearl Bridal, which is a bridal dress company. So the three of us did a big giveaway, which was awesome. Great for brand exposure and growing followers. And we got clients from that as well. I'm about to do one with Circuit Skincare and a local winery. They're going to give us a bottle of bubbles and we're going to call it the Ultimate Girls Weekend because I'm paying staff anyway. So I may as well have people in. I'm also doing one with the local Pilates studio and They're quite a big Pilates studio. That's where all the influencers on the Gold Coast go to. And they're encouraging people to sign up for their next challenge. And as a result, the first winner is going to win a facial voucher. And then the second winner is going to win a $200 voucher. And the third one is going to win a $100 voucher to come and see us, which is really awesome. I'm having influencers in regularly, but more so in the way of user-generated content So like come with me to the facial bar sort of content rather than tapping into their hundreds and thousands of followers. But at the same time, I have had a few of those in. Some have been epic. Some I didn't think were epic, but then people have come in and we ask them where they heard of us and they're like, oh, from this person. We're like, oh, that's awesome. And also too, I've actually been quite strategic. I've had, I've got, I think three or four people who come in to the facial bar free of cost, but they are key people of interest. So they're not huge influencers. One of them owns a Pilates studio, but she's quite influential in the health and fitness industry. I always see her going to saunas, getting green smoothies, posting on her stories, her favorite coffee place, getting a blow dry. And it comes across more genuine. And I was like, I need her in the clinic. And I've got two others who do the same. One is a part of the fashions on the field community. And over the years, I've seen her talk about, you know, different things like the Pilates that she goes to, her hairdresser. I can tell you the name of her hairdresser right now. She got me onto HelloFresh for a little while there too. And I thought, I need her in my clinic. She's only got 4,000 followers, but she's also our age demographic. So I had her in and I was like, if you want to come in consistently for the next three months, I'd love to do that. She was like, yes, please, absolutely. And she did a heap of stories on her 
Instagram, just being like, I'm late to the facial game, but just had an amazing facial. Can't wait to come back here. Looking very genuine. And we got three bookings from that. And it's the same with another person that I'm having in. She is just a key person of interest. She has 2,000 followers, but once again, she's our demographic. And every time she posts, we get like 10 to 20 new followers and we've had like three or four bookings from her. So I think rather than having influences where people are like, we know that you're influencing us, we know that you're getting paid to do this, we're having more key people of interest come into our clinic and don't ask me how I found them. These are just people that I've followed and have looked up to for ages and thought, oh, they're really cool. And I've just reached out to them being like, hey, I love your vibe. Would love to have you in. And they're like, oh my gosh, like, are you sure? And I'm like, yeah. They're like, I'm not really an influence. I'm not really good with posting. I'm like, no, I just think you're awesome. And I think like, I'd love for people to be like, oh, that's where that person goes and has facials. I'm going to book in as a result. Or that person is doing that. So I should probably do that too. So I guess it's building up a faux client database rather than having influencers, but not completely because we're definitely still getting a lot of bookings, which is awesome. We actually had three bookings today and it's Sunday. But I'm also trying things that are a little bit out of the box and out of my comfort zone. You probably would have seen. I went down to the beach and I did the whole dance for free skincare. We're going to do that again with SBF because we're coming up to school holidays. I'm so scared. <laughs> but it is what it is. We're going to be releasing memberships. We've done letterbox drops. Like we're just, we've done terror flyers. We're just doing cool and wacky things. We're growing the email list and utilizing emails and SMS marketing. We're boosting posts and we're spending money on Facebook ads. So I'm doing all of the things. And what I've learned over the past couple of years, this is why I'm going to go back into my hustle for visibility phase for Skin Queen and I'm going to continue on what we're doing with the facial bar, is that if you do the same money-making activities for 100 days and you're consistent for 100 days, you're going to get results. It's just inevitable. And I feel so grateful that I've been able to achieve what I've been able to achieve in a short period of time with both my businesses. But my goal is sustainability and doing this for the long run. I still want to be here in five, 10 years' time with both of my businesses And so it's just about doing things, things consistently, looking at what's working well. And I am the sort of person who throws spaghetti at the wall and sees what sticks and then rinse and repeat and do it again. And that is pretty much what I've been doing. And this is why it takes work. But I wanted to share this episode because I think a lot of people see these business owners and just think it's all easy. And let's flexibility, there's perks for sure, but at the same time does take work. And that was the key takeaway that I wanted to share with this episode. So let me know if you enjoyed it, if you hated it, whatever. I'd love to hear your feedback. If you want to pick my brain further about anything, let me know as well. Otherwise, I'm going to leave it here and I'll chat to you in my next episode. All right. See you later.